Textile Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to the Deus Textile Podcast, a place where some of the most progressive and innovative builders, thought leaders, and traders in the crypto space come together to discuss all areas of the crypto industry. Whether you're into DeFi, Layer 1s, Layer 2s, NFTs, or anything in between, we've got you covered. And as a reminder, nothing said on this podcast should be construed as financial advice or as a solicitation to buy or sell any digital asset or security. The comments, views, and opinions expressed by the hosts or guests on the podcast are their own. As always, you'll need to do your own research. Now, with that out of the way, let's get to the episode. Hey, everybody, welcome to this Traders Roundtable from Deus DAO. We do these tra trader roundtables to give you a high time frame overview of the markets and also to get traders together and share their ideas. We always think that sharing ideas about trading or the cryptocurrency market is pure alpha and helps everybody. So that's why also we do this in public and host this on YouTube and our Spotify eventually. But if you're listening through Spotify, please check out the YouTube version because we will be sharing screens. And in this Traders Roundtable, we are joined by Syrup from the um, Days X DAO and from and and Lips, who I know from the Burp Nest. Hey, everybody! What's up, guys? What's up, guys? Happy to be what? here. Very happy to be here. Hope you guys are doing good. It's gonna be an exciting one. Yep, yep. A lot to cover. Um, exciting times. Obviously, it's always exciting times, but. Now, in particular, we're sort of like in the precipice, I guess, of, of uh, whether or not we're going to see a big bounce or if we're going to see lower. So really looking forward to going into this with you guys. Okay, that's great. That's great. And I think we should start with uh, by taking a look at the SPX or the ES um, because crypto has been trading very correlated with traditional markets lately and of course the uh, the looming recession is um is definitely a big part of why crypto is going down as a risk asset so um does do you want to kick it off uh sira maybe with your uh, analysis that you did on the the es mini i think sure sure so sorry, let me just sort of clear out my charts here. And I want to show you, um, Ape is familiar with this high time frame channel, right? So I brought this channel up to you guys probably here, I think maybe here in April. Um, and we're still in it, or rather we've, we poked our head. This was a nice deviation away from the channel and then bounce, rejection. Now we're back inside. Right. And I think what I noticed is, um, or I think we can all agree that the S&P 500 likes staying in these channels. Right. So we had this nice one here broke 2008 was the same broke. Um, and now, now we're in this, um, I mean, we were talking about this earlier before we started, it doesn't, nothing about this screams bullish, right? We took out these highs 
these set of highs for like a swing failure pattern almost. Um, and really, I mean, you would expect now if we really do, if we really have been accepted back inside this channel, you would expect, uh, you know, for, for us to make our way back down to the bottom of this channel. I mean, that's what I would think. And then you ask yourself, well, but what's the time frame here? And you guys know, I, Ape knows I like using, um, I'm a Fibonacci trader. So if we pull up a Fibonacci time to measure, okay, how long can this downward move last? So if you take you know, the beginning of the recent uptrend to the top of that same uptrend, you get your Fibonacci numbers for your 0 0.618, your 1, 1, 6, 1, 8, 2. And generally, the downwards move will, will be at least a 1 to 1 of the upwards move, at least. You know, generally, you're looking at more than 1 to 1. And so your 1 to 1 would be October 12. Your 2 to 1 would be in December. So, yeah, I mean, we have all the way up until December, really to see this play out to the downside before maybe your next bounce. Um, that is generally what I'm looking at. Um, I don't think anyone can say that, oh, you know, this is a buying opportunity. We should definitely jump in. Of course, we can go up. You know, anything can happen. But just from, like, probabilistically, I don't think that's uh, the most probable scenario. And also, can I just say that... Um, a lot of my analysis, if you guys like, like what I look at and, and how this, you know, how I trade, I guess, um, all of it, I've learned from chart champions. I have to say it. Uh, I don't want to take credit for all these ideas because they did teach me how to, how to do this analysis as well as, you know, they, they do a Sunday weekly analysis, Daniel, their main guy. And so some of the ideas you're going to see, maybe a lot of it will be really from him. Um, but yeah. This is my analysis for the S&P 500. Do you guys have any uh, sort of questions or anything like this? Yeah. Is it like if the price would reach the, the bottom of the channel where you would go long? Or do you have like more expectations about where this will bottom eventually? Because we're uh, looking at like quite a bearish scenario for, for these markets. Um, the Fed is trying to fight in inflation. Um, it's, it's more like of a stagflation environment we're in, but what does, um, that mean for, uh, your chart longer term? Um, well, you know, I would say that you trade the trend until it breaks, right? Uh, th that's generally it. If you, I mean, I'm looking at, um, if you take this volume pull and sort of, I think it's maybe from here. Yeah, I mean, look, if we get accepted back into this value area range, right? So this is the value area high, low, and the point of control. If we get back acceptance into, into this, then you would expect us to sort of drop into this point of control. And that's an S&P 500 at 2.7. That's a 2,007. What is that? That's like a, that's another 50. That's a 50% drop almost. No, less. But that's a big drop, right? 
33 percent drop yeah, that, that's huge that's huge that's scary um, that's gonna mean uh yeah but i'm not saying it's going to happen but it could it it really could um especially if this pulls out onto like 2024 like we've been going up for so long and and this was one would say um you know the parabolic part of of this greater uptrend um and so a correction is and a lot of people have been waiting for this correction for a long time i have been saying the correction coming has been coming but now that you have all these macro factors now sort of lining up you have to think well how low can we actually go um and anything can happen right Yeah, and I, I think the um, the the first moves down um, happened. Like we we saw basically a, a short covering rally or a short squeeze rally in the last few weeks, um, where basically the S and P outperformed Bitcoin, which was interesting to see. Um, but it doesn't mean that it's a full reversal in the downtrend. And like it always mean reverts might take out some levels um like that people are watching like oh wait a second we we suddenly have a higher high than before but when momentum is still down and you are basically in a economic environment where there is not much support here to um to push price up there is no money printing um uh, war energy is uh, is actually quite expensive so that will make production more expensive and probably less will be produced when you have a clear environment where um it like the dust needs to settle there is a lot of a uh, lot of uncertain factors going on so uh, i i wouldn't I would just wait for that real trend flip, and I think we this was just mainly a uh, a short squeeze rally. But um, Libs, I know you are uh, also watching uh, these charts. Do, do you have any uh, any charts for the S and P, or are you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you pull up my chart, we'll we'll talk about the S and P five hundred. I have a few interesting levels here that I want to show, and some that actually aligns with with serious analysis uh, as well. And I really do like the way you've used the fibs here, and I, I do feel like I I really need to, to learn the, uh, the 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 time aspect of the Fibonacci tool to really try to because that's that's one of the uh, things that I feel I'm I'm lacking in, uh, not lacking, but it's like the last part of my trading strategy is to get that timing aspect in i really do like that the, the, the way that you use the the fib right there um let me just show you this 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 shot right here and i'm going to focus on first this move right here right so this was the the rally that we experienced uh, you know now now recently and it felt like this rally right here had the potential to put us in a bull market right it really had the potential to to break the trend and the trend that i'm talking about is basically this one right here so we focused on this one and i remember when we broke this resistance area i became quite bullish right but i completely uh, ignored the idea that you know you have the the short all see the reload zone right here 
the 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 area between the 0.618 and the 0.786 where prices almost always reverses right and not only did we have the short lc but we also had the 200 uh, simple moving average here on the daily coming in perfectly at that trend line so it's like i'm seeing this and i'm like wait a minute this is obviously still a, a downtrend right and it's one of the most perfect rejections we're getting right here so if you know th this move had the potential to break the bearish market structure but for that to happen we had to bounce here which we actually did in you know to start off with but then of course we had the uh, powell speech in jackson hole basically he came out and he said we're not going to stop quantitative tightening until the job is done right very clear very simple short and sweet and the, the market panicked right so that broke down and in my opinion that was the that was it right that the bounce that we didn't get here was what kind of you know the the last nail in the coffin of that potential bull market right so for me right now every little hope of a long setup i have had here is just gone so right now i'm looking at only only shorts right and you know I, I think it's very very important to actually keep track on the s p 500 because you know bitcoin is a risk asset the s p 500 is a risk asset but when we are in a market condition that we are right now when when risk is just so obvious right when when you have risk on sentiment it's just very very obvious everything moves together so getting an idea of where the s p 500 might move is very very important for any trader i believe because we're trading based on that of course in the forex market is going to be a bit different but we're trading based on risk on and risk off sentiment and right now the s p 500 is back in the bearish territory there's nothing bullish about this chart and i think we're definitely going lower definitely going lower so the first area where i do expect a a bounce a medium term bounce is going to be around this level right here somewhere between the 0.618 and the 50 percent fib where we also have a quite decent support area right but ultimately i do believe that with the current macroeconomics that we're seeing you know housing market is kind of slowing down i've i've, I've actually read that the housing market is is slowing down faster than it did in 2007 which is quite astonishing so we might actually be going into a you know a, a obvious recession right here when that happens the s p 500 is going to move down you know 100 and well not 100 you know it's not 100 but you know what i'm saying it's quite high probability and the the first major support area that i'm looking at is going to be the the reload zone measured from the the low of the COVID crash to the top of this uh move right here but when I when I watched Sira make you know do his analysis, I zoomed out and I I thought you know why not look at the at the fifty percent level of the whole move like the whole bull market from the beginning of I think around two thousand eight, which actually gives us the same the same levels right. So we're looking at this right here. We're adding the fifty. Well, actually, it's going to be the midpoint of the reload zone. It's very interesting. 50% drop. It's right down here. It's right in the mid zone. It's incredible to see this because I I I mean, come on. I, I don't think that's a is going to be, you know, dropping 50%. Imagine the 
the strength of that recession if this happens. And looking at the current economics right now, it, there's a real possibility that we are entering a recession. I mean, in Europe, it's pretty much already happening. You know, with the energy, energy crisis, you know, we've got the war in Europe. It's coming. The, 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 the euro is looking extremely weak. The GBP is looking extremely weak. I think one of the reasons why the dollar is not showing that type of weakness is because it's not connected to the energy crisis in the same way. It's not getting affected by the, the war in Europe in the same way. And the weakening of the Chinese economy and the supply chain issues, it's affecting the European markets much harder than it's affecting the American markets. So maybe it's lagging a little bit, right? And as soon as that housing market shows more obvious signs of a drop, you will see that unemployment numbers going up. And that is when the, I believe that's when we're going to see that uh, momentum coming into the downside even quicker. So what does this mean for, 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 for Bitcoin? I mean, we haven't gone into Bitcoin yet, but obviously I do believe that some of the reasons why we're watching the S&P is because we want to get an idea of what other markets are going to do, because I'm not actively trading the S&P 500, but I'm looking at this on a daily basis to get an idea of where the other markets might go. And uh, I don't know. I don't know about you guys, what, what you think about, about this, but um, yeah, when, when it comes to a possible bottom, I have a very hard time seeing the S&P 500 go down to like 1.8 or something like that. Like very, very hard seeing that happening. I do believe that it's more likely to bottom at around somewhere between like, you know, around 3.5, something like that, just create a new low. But, you know, then again, if we enter recession, it's not going to be a two month long recession. It's going to be a long, long time, right? Correct. I mean, so it's cool when you have different analysis that sort of point in the same direction or, or you know, we're all doing our own thing and coming to the same conclusion. Um, I mean, I think 3.5 to 2.7 is is like sort of my area. Um, but I've I've heard traders, what's his name? Um, Gareth Soloway, you guys know who that is? He was, you know, he made a bold call and said that the highs are going to be in in the S&P 500 for the next five to 10 years. Like, what yeah. does that mean? It means that we're either going to go really low or we're going to maintain this, like, probably a large sideways range for a long time, if he's correct. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, I don't think I, I was trying to google like the last time the s p 500 fell 50 percent from the highs i i don't know that statistic um i know 30 percent ish is oh shit there it is <laughs> what yeah, is that so that's the financial crisis of 2007 and and eight and that that that's actually when it happened last time so what and, and it's just so interesting the whole situation that we're what we what we we saw was maybe we, we didn't see a lot of that because i don't think we were all trading back in 2000 seven i know i wouldn't but wasn't so we had a you know 60 you know 50 to 60 percent drop when we had the financial crisis in 2008 and the interesting thing here is when you have such a huge drop and you're looking at levels of retracement especially when using the fib tool that's the level you should be using you should be using that low and that high why not use this low right here well, because that's, a, I believe, an anomaly. That's that's something extreme. That's the COVID, right? Wasn't that the COVID crisis? No, was this what this one? It was. It was. Yeah, it was. No, no, yeah, no. Yeah. That was, you're correct. You're correct. 
So I, and, and you're looking at this and you're thinking, well, maybe that would be a new high and low, but I don't think so. Like the, you look at the, so you could, I believe, ignore this, right? Ignore this. And you look at the behavior of the trend and what, what is that telling you? Well, it's completely normal to get significant drops in S&P 500 in a bull market. But when you get this, yeah, you're, you know, it's gone. It's no, you know, that bull market is gone. And, and it would be just insane to see something like this, right? And I like it could be very possible that I mean it's not going to go straight down, you know, one straight line down. But when you're looking at this from the higher time frame picture, like doesn't this look, you know, it kind of looks probable, right? If you look at from a cycle perspective, right? Um, it's not possible, but I don't think it's going to happen, and I don't think it's going to happen because it seems so extreme but honestly do, do do you think people that were trading this thought that the market was just going to die you know you're up you're, you're trading up here and people are doing the analysis and saying like oh we're probably going to be bottoming here and then a boom bottoms down here so the unexpected will happen in in markets we really do not know anything about what will happen and one thing we can be sure about is something will happen. We just don't know what. So it can be rather extreme, right? Yep. So and, to, to your point, oh, sorry, go ahead, Abe. Yeah, and I think this is why you should just look at the trend because um, it might not get to that level eventually. Um, I'm, 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 I'm going to share my chart too, which is uh, it's basically the same chart here uh looking at that 2008 recession uh, but i plotted a 100 moving average a weekly and a 100 a 20 ema on there also weekly and um what you can see here if we go to 2008 um you you can you, you'll never know where this ends up you can draw supports you know with all these levels or i think a lot of people might I've gotten wrecked when they drawn this Fibonacci and then tried to buy somewhere here, um, which was fine entry if you had a really long, <laughs> really long um, window. Um, but um, yeah, uh, th this was a little bit of a weird pattern here. Uh, but still, if you just look at those that momentum, you can see that often the S&P respects the, the 20 EMA on the weekly and you, you can have a fairly good idea of a trend with that but especially like longer term trend like the 100 moving average um shows us also something and it's, it's when these flip when these get rejected or get respected uh that a trend starts to happen so uh, here it was rejection and it started to go down and here it was like acceptance above it and the trend was up and there are like some fake outs but in general you can get quite a good idea of uh, what happens in the trend and like during these years there were some moments that the s p got below that 100 moving average but always got above that uh, and there was like uh, a move down and then eventually got above not no real rejections happening it was almost like v-shaped reversals in in both these cases um but what's interesting now is that it's trying it, it tried to get above both those moving averages um but it's actually now like failing to do so so 
um, in these two candles uh, from the last two weeks, and uh, especially last week, we see that there is some initiative at those moving averages where the selling happens. So um, the, the question for me would be whether we, we see more initiative, more red candles here and it continuing, continuing the downtrend uh, or just gets acceptance above that. And then, of course, we have some bull market again. And you could do the same on the daily, but um, the same is happening on the daily where um, uh, with the 100 moving average, that was actually respected a lot in the uptrend uh, and now it's basically with some fake outs above uh, being being rejected and uh, that's why you, you you wouldn't want to see that initiative because that would um, make these two time frames really line up with uh with on a daily on the weekly um and then you know we can scroll back to 2008 um and you get actually quite similar similar patterns and similar movements um and i did find really hard to pick like these price levels where i'm interested i rather would see uh some momentum loss so this is like fast momentum and then uh, it loses that momentum and then some trend change to actually engage with that and i think that's also what I want to see eventually on, on Bitcoin, um, which makes it also a little bit hard for Bitcoin to um, uh, to, to give some price targets for, for me where I would be interested. Like it could give, have some price levels where I would look for bounces, whether it's Fibonacci levels or support levels, but whether it's really like the bottom, I, I, I would never want to, to try to call that. Um, yeah. Like what? What would you be looking for? Uh, in, like, what's your indication of trends that uh, you want to to see reverse uh, for? So can can I um can I pull up? I was just sort of looking at. I just want to show two things. So first, to Libs's point earlier about uh, the zero point five. So uh, this was cool, right? So I pulled that fib right from the two thousand eight low to the high. Um, so we're on the log scale, but the FIB is on non-log and you'll see that the 0 0.5 is at 2,700, which is where this fixed range, not that one, sorry. Um, oh yeah, it is that one, right? So the point of control of all of the volume, meaning the, the, the number that, uh, or the, the price where the most amount of volume has transacted in this pulled range is in, on this red line, which is on the 0 0.5. Um, and now this is the SPX on Owanda. Earlier we were looking at the ES. And I, I don't, I do most of my analysis on ES, but this one, you know, it's good to use different charts to see, like, you know, the, I guess the, the differences in volume. And if you pull that same uh, fixed range pull, we're now back inside the value area, right? So we got a rejection there, deviation above it, now back acceptance inside it. So I would think that if we break this low, then we're obviously going to go lower. Um, what will show me that we're going to have some strength above it? I mean, you know, to the upside, well, we would have to, First of all, this is a four-hour market structure change. It's a daily market structure change, probably. Um, but we would have to sort of reverse that market structure. 
sort of do this, reclaim this, you know, and then we can say we're going to go higher. If this doesn't happen and, and this stays that as that high, then you're, you have to think that we're probably going to go lower. Yeah, I mean, you, 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 it's, it's, yeah, I think it's very, when we're looking at the high timeframes and looking at, uh, because basically what we're doing here is we, we're, we're just looking at the trend and we're just asking ourselves where, or first of all, we're asking, you know, where is the most probable area for a potential bottom, right? But then when that, that level gets hit, all you're really looking for is a, at least the way I'm trading because I'm a trend following trader. So even if that level gets hit and it's a downtrend, I'm not going to go long because it's a downtrend. So we, we need to have that bullish break in market structure. And what you're, you're saying right here is you need certain levels above to get reclaimed for that to be a bullish break in market structure. And looking at the shot right here, we have quite a, a, a big range to, to reclaim to really break market structure. And I think Abitur said something very important with uh, the, the, the fact that he might not be that interested in looking at specific prices and specific levels for a bottom. He's looking at a slowing down of momentum and then perhaps seeing a, a range and a break above that range and reclaiming those significant EMAs. And I think that's the mindset and the approach that you really need to have when looking at this. So. When, when you're in a downtrend, you have a, a recession looming, you, you need to be in cash. You, you can't just start buying every dip, start buying every dip, because you need to understand what dip is worth buying. And when you're in a downtrend in the recession, that's not the dips you should be buying. Maybe in a long-term dollar cost average strategy, but this is different. This is way different. So I think what we have to do is like look at a, look at a couple of levels of interest. And when those levels get hit, we need confirmation. And for me, confirmation would be like a, a daily high something like that, right? Just whatever, double bottom, something like that, right? And it's like, it, it, it's going to take a while. It's going to take a long time, I believe, for, for this to happen. Yep, I agree. Um, it, it was, I wanted to say something earlier. What I wanted to say earlier is that for the past, you know, decade or so, maybe even probably longer, is that people have been spoiled with a buy-the-dip market, right? Um, I, I don't think, especially people our age, we've never seen, you know, like a, a, such a deep recession that lasts for such a long time. At least 2008, I mean, I was still in high school, right? So I that wasn't not paying attention to that. Um, so any new investors who's been used to the past, you know, 12 years of, of easily buying the dip might be, you know, if might be in for a shock, right? If if things just continuously go down for the next few years, so so, I don't know. Having an approach where you're not putting you know a lump sum all at once um, would be good, you know, to not do that. Um, especially if you're trying to buy Bitcoin, man. Like especially if you're trying to buy yeah. Bitcoin. Do you guys want to make that segue to? Uh, yeah, to yeah. Let's this? let's take a look at Bitcoin. <laughs> if um, if that's like the the higher beta normally, like it it wasn't. <laughs> but um, yeah, you can kick it off with this uh, Bitcoin chart. So um, I I told you guys earlier I entered a long last night. I entered a long last night, um, and that was because. By the way, I'm also my entire portfolio is hedged you know it's been hedged um 
and I entered a short last week, right? So, uh, and now I have a, a long position that I entered yesterday. And that's because um, this range that we've been in now, you know, since June, we've now hit the low of that range. So probabilistically, you would think that, well, maybe we'll get a bounce there. There were some other levels as well that made this interesting to me. Um, but I'm not saying that I'm buying this because I'm expecting, you know, a move to all time high. Definitely not. Right. We're I'm a day trader and I, I, I try to book my profits, you know, where I can. Um, and so the, I have my long. I am expecting lower because of what we just pointed out in the S&P 500. Um, and 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 yeah i mean for, for the most part we've just been every single consolidation really since the high we've we've been breaking down right consolidate down consolidate down down um wh why would this be any different really and so where can we go from from there uh i don't know i i mean we, we all like 10k all of us really like 10k but just to point out um, we are in a pretty good resistance zone. So if I put up, pull up the bit stamp, uh, just because I have more information here, more time data, I guess. All right. So we have these nice trend lines, right? All the way from 2015 to now, and we are right on it. And this is, this has basically been the trend line that's held us up in this massive bull market for you know, for the, from the beginning, you know, I would say that if this is broken and we start closing, you know, if we start having candle closes below under that trend line, um, yeah, it's just not good. That's not in the short term, right? Well, I mean, th this is why if we do this and then bounce, you know, there's still the possibility of us going down here or here or lower, right? Why not? It can happen. Um, it really, what I would, being that we're all Bitcoin bulls, right? For like for life, really, you would think that this might, <laughs> it, it could just be a healthy, you know, a healthy breather given that we've been going up for the past 10 years. Now that breather could take a couple years, yeah, but you know, eventually we all believe that th this is going to go, you know, higher than, than the previous all-time highs. Um, but, one second, shit, I hate this. But yeah, I, I do think 10K is a big level, right? We have this, this is a monthly support resistance, um, really, you know, right here. And then we got the bounce from there that started our recent trend. And so, yeah, I would think that there's some kind of reaction here. It's also in line with the 618, right? And so you definitely want to see that. Um, you know, this is from a, uh, this is a Fibonacci extension. Uh, yeah, anyway, the, this area, I think, is a really nice area for a bounce. Now, is that bounce going to bring us to all-time high? I don't know. But, you know, as a trader, I'm going to look for a long here. and you know, I'll bring it up to where, where it takes me, you know, if it only takes us to 24 K, well, that's fine. <laughs> that's, that's still over a hundred percent gain, 
Um, and I guess this is why it's important for us to like, I guess maybe guide people who aren't, aren't really doing this full time. Um, because if this happens, right, if this happens there, people are going to be all bullish and, and start buying over here, not knowing that we're now just retesting this trend line, you know, possibly for this. So, you know, technical analysis works. It, it's important to know, um, you know, I, yeah, yeah. It'll save you a lot of money if you can do it right. And it'll make you a lot of money if you can do it right. You can also lose a, a, a bunch of money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think I, what what worries me here is is the fact that um, we're technically too close to like, yeah. I think we're we're technically close to bottom, and that worries me because I don't think um, I don't think we're close to uh, to bottom considering the macroeconomics. So I'm I'm um, now looking at looking at the S and P five hundred. I think we we can definitely technically go go much lower and. Uh, you know, with with Bitcoin, it's um, if the S&P 500 is going to drop 50%, I wouldn't really want to know how 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 far down Bitcoin is going to drop. I don't think the S&P 500 is going to drop 50%. Just to be clear about that, but there's a possibility, and if that happens, Bitcoin is definitely in 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 danger, I believe. But I'm I, I'm 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 looking at you know similar levels. Uh, as you are, I think the the 10k k region is just very obvious. Um, I think I think that's the best possible support area for for Bitcoin long term. And um, yeah, I mean, but it, we're we're close, you know, we're quite close to that level. S and P 500 can drop quite a lot, while Bitcoin's still hitting that level. So it's a bit. It's a bit worrisome. I know that. All right, so this, it's my shot on. Yeah, okay. Um, I know I talked about the the reload zone measured from, or not the reload zone, but the whole the whole fib measured from zero to sixty nine or at the top, right? And this is just, I believe, this is just flawed way of, of of doing things because now when you look at the brand new coin liquid index, we have all the all the price action. It's just a flawed way of doing so because you need to look at the uh, at the at the at the fib levels based on a log scale if you want to do it this long term and obviously that's just not going to be possible i mean you know so what we have to do is like i have to kind of switch up that analysis and uh use more local levels and again i'm going to look at the covid crash as, as an extreme so i'm just going to look at at that that low and that high and obviously it's going to be on not on log scale Wait a minute. How's that even possible? Is it the wrong one? Fib. Did I? How is this possible? Did I invert this or something? Are you guys seeing this? Shouldn't it be the other way? Maybe since your chart is on lock skill, it does something weird. Oh, right. You're right. You're right. So it should be, should be this, right? Nah, that can't be it, can it? Weird. Well, I think that's the correct one. I, I remember something um, that it is. That's correct. That's this one's yeah. definitely correct because I have that one. Oh, yeah, so so you yeah. have to you have to do this one. Obviously, you have to do if you do this on log, right? And the and the chart on log, you get a really interesting, uh, interesting fib level. 
So you get it right here, right? So the area between like 50% and, 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 and the 6.81 right here is any area that I'm watching, right? And I just think it, um, I really like how this looks on the on the higher time frames when looking at the log scale. And, um, you know, but it's too close. I mean, I, I do still believe that it's a bit too close um, because again, we go back to S&P 500. I mean, we have a, like even creating a new low, you know, down to this area or whatever, is going to be quite a huge drop in, in risk assets. Because remember, like S&P 500, this is going to, you know, be, be a good indicator of the risk sentiment, right? And if the risk sentiment is so bad that the S&P 500 is going to drop significantly, I think I think uh, Bitcoin is going to drop way lower, way lower than this level. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe all you know, maybe fill up this whole area right here. But then again, I mean, does it really matter? I mean, does it really matter? You know, um, we 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 see this level get hit, and we're gonna look for some bullish break in market structure. That's it. Uh, I also don't like the fact that the uh, 200, 200 simple here on the move uh, on on the weekly got lost. Uh, we tried to try to reclaim it right here, and it it failed. So yeah, there's like. You know, a couple of months ago, I remember we, we, we talked about, not we, but I mean, a lot of people talked about you know, questioning the fact that, you know, are we in a bull market or are we in a bear market? I think everyone agrees now that we are in a pretty obvious bear market. And uh, I, w w with that said, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that it's just not the beginning. But, you know, you look at the macroeconomics, it might actually be the beginning. So the, the low might be, be lower than we think at, at, at this point, I believe. Yeah, could be. And it's crazy to think that Bitcoin has already dropped from like almost 70K to 20K. And like only yeah. now are people saying, oh, well, maybe we're going to be in a bear market. And then because people are saying this, you have to think, well, everyone's thinking this. Think, things are probably going to do the opposite, right? So as yeah, far as it, I'm... When, when, right? It's like when a range get obvious, you know, when, when when you see a range and you're like, yeah, this is a range, that's when it's break, you know, it's going to break at that point, right? And and when the trend is like super clear, it, it's usually the end of the trend. So when everyone's like, yeah, we're now in a bull market, that's when I start thinking like, maybe this is when we're bottoming, but then like, yeah, macroeconomics is not telling us that this is the, the end of the bull market. I want to show you guys a short here that I'm looking on, on, on Bitcoin, because even though I'm, I'm look, we're looking at a downtrend, and then um, I do think Bitcoin is going to move uh, higher short term uh, and test the, I, th I believe it's the same levels that you were looking at. So you can look at uh, um, this shot right here where I'm seeing a possible uh, possible range for Bitcoin right here. And, and this level right here, the 21.8 is the, what I would say, the range EQ, the middle of the range of this current range. Where it's mm -hmm. also where I want to uh, potentially go short, which is 20, 20.8 is right here, which is in perfect complement with that the 0 0.618 and the, the moving averages that I'm watching. Uh, so basically, I'm, I'm trading one, one system and, and one setup, and this is the only one I'm trading, right? So what I'm, what I'm waiting for is a four-hour bearish engulfing candle here with a stochastic RSI bear cross, and that's it. That's it. That's it. And I'm going to take profit here. Um, and the, the low of that trade is 18. So let's go back to, to this one right here. Where's 18? 18 is... Mm, 
it's still going to be that low. It's still going to be the low of of this range, right? So it's going to just going to be basically a a trade where you go long on the, I mean, go short on the uh, retest of range EQ after seeing it breaking down down to the range lows. So that trade would still be a um, a a range trade, even though it's a of course a trend trade on the on on the local trend on the four hour. But looking at this chart. I'm thinking, you know, maybe I should keep part of that position open. I'm not going to do that because, you know, you need to test those sort of things first before you go and try it in, in real trading. But it's a comp like this chart right here and these levels below. It makes a compelling case for for Bitcoin to drop much lower than I think a lot of people are prepared to do. I mean, I said that as soon as Bitcoin drops below 20K and the on-chain metrics that I believe Aperture is going to take a look at, when they drop the buy zone, when they when they go into the buy zone and Bitcoin drops below 20, I'm going to be buying Bitcoin and I'm going to be start buying Ethereum as a dollar cost average strategy. Uh, you know, fortunately, I'm only like 5% into that, that, that long-term position, so we can drop quite significantly. But it, it it's scary, really, when you look at the short set at, at this point. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, and I, I think we should like also give like a counter some counter arguments to this. Like, when would you be willing to too long? Um, because at some point, maybe crypto it isn't fully correlated, of course, to to global markets. Um, and uh, although I agree with just trading this trend short short it if you can um it's probably going lower than we now think um but i you know we can't ignore that bitcoin has been holding for now like a previous all-time high uh at these levels here uh and that there are supports lower like i i'm also looking at 16k and, and 12k uh which is you know 12k would also be like um 80 percent down uh sorry um uh like almost half um or 40 percent from here let me check um yeah 40 percent from here um so that would be quite a lot and we, we we currently still see that bitcoin is rejecting some moving averages momentum is still to the downside um so we want to see that momentum flip until then you are mostly blind buying dips and in my opinion you you can if you are you have a really long term view uh mostly on majors in crypto on alts i i dislike that absolutely so probably would only work for ethereum and bitcoin but i think there is still some some blood left um especially ethereum i think a 400 level would make make sense uh eventually but i rather you know wait for that to hit and then the trend change instead of like blindly buying it but yeah. and, um and just to, sorry yeah. i just wanna wanna hit that idea home if you are someone who thinks it's bitcoin is too expensive for me let me try to gamble on some of these alts like you're probably going to get erect if not you're already erect and um you know you you've hopefully learned from that lesson like this is not a, you know, this is high risk. It's very, very high risk. Um, but yeah, anyway. Very good point. Very good point. Yeah. Yeah. I, I even like, I, I shorted uh, an altcoin, like I'm going to show that um, HMT. 
and like nice. after after it basically you know did an 80% or 90% move down I, I was like yeah but it can go down even more and you know like like <laughs> yeah. a final target is 60% down but but still yeah like I I took a little bit of profit here and moved some stops but yeah it went still dirt 30% from there. Well, yeah, you, you can definitely bet on the wrong ones. Um, Man, I always thought, you know, your your pre-breakout trades or break, breakdown trades look so risky. Like, I don't get it. You know, I, I really, I, I don't get it, man. I was always <laughs> seeing that. I'm like, why the, you know, why are you going short here? It's going to go up. And then all of a sudden it just dumps. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's just a preference. Like, I, I dislike really trading the breakout. And I think um, if you're anticipating a breakout, why not trade in that direction? But I think it's it's higher probability for me because it trades with the trend and I know some of these consolidation patterns. So um, same, I think, with Bitcoin. Uh, you could see it here already there that it was just basically printing a, a, a bear flag and then rejecting a moving average and then a breakdown. So... Um, yeah, I think your your highest probability bet would just short it somewhere here, um, which I didn't do on Bitcoin, but I shorted alt instead because that was just easier and also easier to see sometimes because I, I don't know sometimes it's just easier to see on alts that it's breaking down before uh, Bitcoin. That, that's that's so true. I mean, I I rarely trade Bitcoin. I I usually look at a setup on Bitcoin and 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 when when Bitcoin. So this short setup that I'm watching on Bitcoin, I'm thinking, you know, if that short setup will activate, there's going to be a much more clearer setup on an altcoin with much better risk to reward. Uh, so I think I think I think it's just Bitcoin tells you when to trade altcoins is is what I'm what I'm thinking, and that's kind of like the way I'm. I'm trading because I would much rather short an altcoin if if a Bitcoin setup is appearing because it just it's usually better risk to reward in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I like that idea. I agree, and and that's also funny because through these altcoins, I often know what Bitcoin is doing, but I still don't trade Bitcoin. Uh, um, and sometimes yeah. I actually do. Like, hey, wait a second, this is happening on altcoins, and then I see a good setup on Bitcoin, so I, I trade Bitcoin also sometimes based on what altcoins are doing. Uh, and really? I, so I, I only trade Bitcoin. I, I don't know if I told you guys this, but I really only trade Bitcoin. Um, I, I'm just comfortable doing it. I mean, I, and I'm not comfortable trading altcoins yet. Uh, but, but that's just that's just me. That's just preference, I guess. That's awesome, though. You know, having having one asset to trade or one one pair to trade in crypto, like that's that's a lux luxury. You know, honestly, like if you're able yeah. to day trade Bitcoin, uh, that's you know, go for it, man. I I. I hate having, you know, 200 altcoins to check on a weekly basis. Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so if you, if you, if you can stick with low, you know, low amount of pairs, that's awesome. I wish I, I wish I could be doing that, but my system is just not giving me enough, enough setup, you know? Mm -hmm. I think, um, I, I still want to show for, for, for Bitcoin, um, these longer term charts, which uses some on-chain data. So this is the, MVR score. Uh, some might be familiar with that. And um, I think a lot of people are looking at this from a point of view uh, where if this is, you know, quite high, it, the bull market is, is overextended. And if this is quite low, it might be a good moment to, to 
start accumulating. And um, there are a few of these indicators, and I'll go through quickly through three of them. Um, well, nah, let, let's let's stick with this one because they all show the same. Um, like normally, you would just buy. Uh, and I, I still think that this might be a good level to, to start buying uh, Bitcoin. Um, but with the overhead from the, 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 the traditional markets, uh, I'm, I'm actually reluctant to do so. So I'm, I'm actively not doing that. Uh, but it, it shows us that we are at a, at a dip in the market uh, here in the green that it might make sense and keep your eyes open. So um regardless of what the macroeconomic conditions are i think when you look at such a chart you, you can't ignore that that if if you know it will stay somewhere in this zone or start to go sideways and i think that's really important for bitcoin that it it could could, could still dip uh to like 16k or um or whatever but as long as it goes sideways in some kind of bottoming range uh, that's when you really have to um, have to watch the market, and especially if it starts to flip uh, some of these moving averages again and starts to show momentum. Because if that happens after that consolidation, and then we are basically being that breakout trader, uh, we can have rallies. Uh, that's what, for example, happened in 2018, where uh, Bitcoin went sideways after such an important dip. I'll show you that too. Uh, in this chart, like this was the level uh, and it started consolidating. The MVRV was also quite low, uh, actually much lower than now. So that's why I would say, okay, maybe it dips even further. Um, but after, uh, let's say, almost four months of consolidation here, uh, it started breaking out and it was still consolidating, but there was some kind of trend change. And, and it wasn't the full bull market. But in uh, in 2019, we basically had a rally from, um, well, let's count from here uh, to here, where Bitcoin went up like 250%. So it went up um, from like around 4,000 to like 13,000. Um, so even though it wasn't the full pool market, it was actually quite a nice rally. And... Um, that's what you also have to be careful for. There can be even bigger rallies uh, in a high time frame range, uh, and you can play those. You can play with the momentum, but of course, it might not be a full blown bull market. It might be more of mm -hmm. a bull trend in that case. So, uh, but still, you know, these levels are interesting. Um, these levels. Uh, makes sense to keep your eyes open for some kind of bottoming signal. Uh, but as we think we talked about this in the, in the pre-discussion of this, uh, this live stream is that uh, maybe um, um, crypto is actually too young for this. Um, it, it didn't, it basically started in 2008 after the uh, previous recession. Uh, we don't really know how it will act during this recession. So um, that's where we have to be careful with all these indicators that were created in the last few years. They might not uh, have that in factor included of the macroeconomic conditions. So uh, I rather wait for like a trend flip than like buying blindly 
and relying on these indicators um, that's mm -hmm. waiting for the black swan eventually. So I, I on on that point about like accumulation, um, uh, just to give you an idea of what I'm doing, and, and this is separate from my trades, right? So between like 27 and, and, and 17, I've now put in about 25 to 30% of, you know, the dollar amount that I would like to allocate into, into Bitcoin. Um, and I'll be happy if we go all the way up and, and don't go any lower. And I'm happy with that 25% going or 25 to 30% going up higher. But I'm also ready with, you know, 70% of that remaining cash to buy in between under 17 and 10. You know, I'll, I'll put in another, another 30K, uh, sorry, 30K, 30% injection. Um, and then the remaining under 10K. And I'm happy to do that uh, because one, I well, one, I wouldn't be happy if, if all of that went to like, you know, down 90%. But that's because because I'm a trader and I can hedge and I, and I short, like I'm fine with that as long as I catch those moves. Um, but two, you know, you're, you're not putting... All of that money in at, at, at one level right so so yeah that just just to let you guys know what i'm doing with, with in terms of spot buying yeah i think these make a lot of sense just looking at high time frame uh, i think like i even also bought like around these levels with some dca but eventually i unwinded them uh in this rally up uh, like a little bit too early but you know once it mean reverts you'll you'll have to see if it's really a trend change or a move mm -hmm. down and uh, i rather short just... in particular sorry sorry the short uh, uh i'm sorry because you said that you didn't um or that you you unwound a little too early um i I was expecting, I think a lot of us were thinking we were going to go to 28, right? We hit 25, I think from there, and we were in this range for like a month or two. We all thought we were going to go to 28, 29, um, 30, but but it didn't happen. And so that short, you know, just before we dropped was, I think, a very difficult short one, short to take. Um, yeah, yeah. But that that's, anyway, go on. Yeah, and eventually, Sorry. like, at first I thought, like, it makes sense, 28K, but... If you eventually I started doubting that a lot. Uh, so that's why I basically start selling all that spot again um, on, on a move up. Because uh, what you see is that often in, in crypto, we don't get like perfect retests of levels, uh, similar to how this uh, never retested. Well, no, not, not retested this level or this level you know it just continued because crypto is a high momentum market when it starts to move um and you often see that it doesn't fully retest levels uh, this this one actually was um but it can happen it can overshoot or it never reaches that if momentum is high and especially when this momentum is high and it doesn't retest that that's actually uh, important to note because that shows that uh, people are willing to sell before these important levels happen. Um, and that should tell you something. Like they're really eager to to get out. Um, and that's, um, I think, uh, an important sign, uh, especially in these two down moves. 
Um, and waiting for a trend flip, you know, becomes easier and easier because all these moving averages start catching up. And uh, at first, when when I bought over here, um, well, maybe a little bit later, um, it was like 100 moving average was above like 32,000. I was like, that that would be nuts. But over time, it, it got up and never uh, never stayed at that 28 level. So. Uh, it was actually quite a weak rally. We know that now, um, but it, it got up, and like the under moving average is, is basically now around twenty three point point five or point six, um, which makes it really interesting. Uh, so that's also when when stuff starts consolidating, and you know maybe gets above those moving averages, uh, people are really afraid of missing that absolute bottom, but. Uh, it makes it actually much easier, but of course, patience is, is hard to uh, um, hard to have in in such a market where you really want to uh, get an optimal entry. Yeah, yeah. Any other you don't... thoughts? Oh yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to time the bottom. It's like it's just nah. you know you you don't need to time it, especially not when looking at the higher time frames. Like, who cares about? missing out on 10% of a 400% move. I mean, it's just, no, you know, no, nobody should be caring about that. And that's also why I think one of the best ways for for new traders to, because there's a lot of people sitting on, on cash right now. Hopefully, hopefully, you know, you've not stopped out, but you're, you're sitting in or liquidated, you know, you're sitting on, on cash and you're thinking, when should I get into the market? Because now it's the opportunity, right? And you just, you just, you just apply a dollar cost average strategy. And when I say dollar cost average, you're not supposed to buy, you know, two times. Like you, you look at your like your desired future portfolio, where, like, how much money would you like to have in Bitcoin when the bull market starts? And you start doing some calculations on how many how many buys you could be doing per month or per per week or whatever to reach that target over the course of let's say 12 months and it's it's quite simple you just buy a small amount every week uh not not dependent on where the price of bitcoin is and that idea then gets invalidated if there's a daily bullish market structure and when there's a daily bullish market structure you can enter with the rest if you have anything left and i think that's just the, the easiest way to catch the bottom because eventually you're going to catch the bottom and uh, I, I i you said something about crypto not retesting the levels and that's actually something that's a huge problem for me when it comes to my trading system because like i need to have that retest so if i i need price to retest those horizontal levels and i've i've seen that it happens often more often on on all coins than it does on on bitcoin so if you look at like the uh, the, the major you know the the major last bull bull market there's not a lot of retests there uh, i do believe that we did retest like 16k but other than that, there's not a lot of major retests. I mean, when we broke, you know, 12k, you would have been missed. You know, you would have been missed out on most of that run if you waited for a a, a break and retest. So, uh, yeah, when when the momentum kind of gets going in crypto, you you want to be in in make make sure to be in there because uh, it, it rarely, you know, rarely retests uh, important levels. And yeah, and, 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 and you know. 
I think I have to correct like myself a little bit there. Like there is often retest, but the question is on what time frame. You know, sometimes the retest happens yeah, on yeah. one hour and it's not even visible on a daily chart. Uh, so that also says something about momentum. Uh, but I also remember. Yeah. I mean, can, can, yeah. yeah. Sorry. Um, can I show you? Can I show you a trend? Oh. <laughs> I, I, I don't trade ETH, right? I don't really look at ETH, but I do want to want to show. Um, this is a very nice retest. I was just looking at it. Um, <laughs> if you put it like this, guess... it looks like absolute shit. <laughs> Look at that. Wow. Look at that. Um, and so, yeah, now we got rejected. Um, is that a head and like shoulders? Said, showing us a head and shoulders right now. Right? Number one. Um, Number one meme. So, <laughs> yeah, thanks for notifying. Oh, sorry, sorry. Lib, I, I, I also and stream and stream. Lib said head and shoulder <laughs> on stream. Uh, no, go ahead, sir. Um, yeah, no, no, no. So I, I wanted to. You said that uh, the time aspect, the time aspect is something that you wanted to learn. So I only learned this fib time very recently, um, and it was it, it was together with harmonics. So I, I, I started reading. You know, anyway, I, I learned about harmonics and uh, they just work so perfectly with time um and this is when things are like next level shit right so yeah. ape you remember this i told you guys that i'm looking at this abcd harmonic on ethereum with a target of uh 807 you know around this area where the, the d is and that would be in line with this fib time oh, with this fib time pull and look how exact, right? That that one-to-one -one fib time uh, happened on June 17 or landed on June 17. You got that Ethereum low one day later, right? Because this is a plus plus or minus one day. And your first target is the 3A2 of the CD leg, which is 19K. And, and guess what happened? That's exactly what happened. And it was just so crazy to see because, mind you, I had, I had this fib time... And, and the harmonic up, you know, May, a, a month before. And just to watch price go right to it was the craziest thing to me. Um, Yo, I'm, I'm, yeah. getting, I'm getting goosebumps when, when I'm seeing shit like that. Like harmonics <laughs> and fifth time, you know, you, you, you dive deep into that and it's like a whole nother world. And it's just, it's amazing the type of analysis you can make. I mean, I'm, I'm currently reading a book called uh, Law of Vibration. Uh, where they kind of dive into the whole idea of uh, WD Gan and his uh, theories on uh, vibrational energies in in financial markets, and it's it's amazing, and they actually work. It's just you can almost predict the future with this stuff. It's just insane uh, yeah. the, the the level of of, of detail, and yeah, it's. Uh, I wish I had more time to to study that. Hopefully, uh, sometime in the future, I'm going to be like an awesome, you know, trying to, you know, predict the future and all that fun stuff. <laughs> I'll send you the textbook. So I have I have like three or four um, of the same. The guy who 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 founded Harmonics, he has these uh, uh, Harmonic Trading. I can send I can send those textbooks over to you. There, it it is a little yep. time consuming, but but it's very interesting, man. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing, and and it's like. It's crazy how how well it works. It's like you're looking at the Fibonacci retracement tool. I mean, what like it's the Fibonacci sequence. It's not like it's a, a thing made for markets. It's actually you know the 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 it, it's visible in in all of you know all of nature. You can all of and, nature, and, and yeah. it's fun. 
it's, it's it's fun that it's amazing that you know markets they they are really a part of and uh, they, they really mirror human psychology and uh yeah it's just part of nature in a way it's just amazing yeah, uh, yeah. and we don't have to know we don't have to know why it works or explain it but uh like for me all that matters is i i make money off of it right i i don't need to be a, and if to, you, like and if you can figure out why out it works weird you know harmonics it's just awesome like so what do you do i'm like i'm just predicting price using you know harmonics patterns and fibonacci sequences people are gonna be like what you know it's magic yeah. it's magic it really is yeah 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 so right now just locally just before uh we wrap up it looks like maybe we're gonna get a rejection here um and then down but but interesting times right so you you were looking at 20.7 right so i yeah. you know this this is an uh an area for me 20 29 20, 21 um it looks like the es is like we said right market open maybe it'll go up a little bit and then down um but but it does have a lot to recover right to get back up to a change of proper market structure so yeah this is this is it I agree. That was uh, basically three traders discussing two charts in uh, more than an hour. <laughs> That's how effective we are. <laughs> but, but I think we, um, we, we, we showed quite a few different viewpoints on how you could analyze all these charts. Um, I like, I think just like last time, how we come to the same conclusions. Um, and that we're like quite clear and cool-headed uh, looking at this. So I'm uh, I'm already looking forward to the next one in uh, in a few months and see whether it, it did make sense what we said here, uh, because it takes some time for these scenarios to play out. Um, so thank you for for joining this this traders roundtable, uh, Sarah, uh, Libs. It was a pleasure to uh, to see and hear your analysis. Yep. Thanks, guys. Great meeting you, man. This was awesome. You too, man. Awesome. And that right. wraps up this live stream. Uh, thank you all for watching and see you the next time.